your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to a Friday of Lacrosse Talk PM. I'm Rick Solom. With me in studio, we got him. We got him out of the house. UW <laughs> Lacrosse political science professor Dr. Anthony Jagoski. It's do you feel a little guilty because you're out of the house, but I'm sure Brianna is at home with a month old baby. She is, and we trade off our brief moments of glory when we can get out of the house and not have to be on baby duty constantly. So this is a rare moment. This is a rare treat for me to get out of the house and see places that are not my place of living. Now, last time, last time I saw a video of you doing the show, Brianna posted on on social media, and you just pace around. Is that what happens? Like last week Friday, yeah, I, you just pace around the house with dri- a, maybe with a baby in tow. It drives her nuts because when I'm on the phone with anyone, I just pace around our house, and she can't stand it. So. In many ways, Rick, I could spin this as spin this as a win for her that she can stay home and I don't have to bother her while I'm doing the show. Okay, so a lot a lot of political stuff has happened this week. Yes. Uh, in the in the past week. Yeah. It's it's May 27th. Like there's the primaries kind of a ways out. Yeah. No, well, it's not it's not that far out, is it? Well, August. August. It is kind of a ways yeah, out. And and that came up at the Republican state convention. It's like, and, shouldn't we have it earlier? And I think there's an argument to be made for and, that. And the convention happened last week, yeah. and the Democratic convention in Wisconsin will happen less than a month here at the Lacrosse Center. Yeah. Like, we're in, like, full swing politics. This seems like it should be, like, the off period. We should be – can we just take it easy from politics for a little bit? Well, I understand, like, we're in full swing politics because of a, a massacre sure. in Texas. I get that. Yeah. I almost – but in but all this other news coming out of Wisconsin, there's there's all kinds of other news has, has nothing – has little to do with that. Yeah, it seems like – well, summer tends to be a slow season for politics, Rick. The time between Memorial Day and Labor Day is notoriously a time when people tune out of politics because they're up north, they're on the lake, they're at the cabin, they're doing anything besides paying attention to politics. So you're saying come Monday we're we're good? Like after Monday? Just take off for the summer. We're we're (laughs) gearing up. This is you said the Memorial Day, so right here we're at the height and then come Monday we'll take the rest. Well, I'll put it this way. It's a time when it's difficult to get people to tune into politics, and that was the logic behind the discussion at the Republican State Convention for moving up the primary pre Memorial Day because in August, it's a little iffy if you can get people to really tune into politics. And so I think there's a pretty good argument to be made for what the does it take to have. move? What does it take to move a primary in the state? Well, it is a state run election, so it would have to be a state law that gets passed. Okay, and the and Evers would have to sign it. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it was just a piece of legislation that would move the date of the Would Democrats election. like that? Yeah, that? You know, I think that there is some bipartisan interest, I would have to imagine. Because the idea here is that we have a primary in August. Yeah. We, they want the primary last month. Yeah. So that the so if you go Republicans, Republicans that are running for governor don't have to fight each other. Yep. 
So starting in April instead of August, so August, September, October, instead of, instead of having three months to bash Evers, yeah. they have they have six months or so, right? And that is the reason I am a little hesitant about this proposal, because who wants three more months of just the nonsensical partisan back and forth that comes with the general election campaign? Well, besides, Talk show radio besides, besides us, <laughs> and you. besides us, yeah, us, politi- on the us radio. political junkies, yeah, political junkies um, like you. But here's the like the the Republicans that are running for governor are they attacking each other? Yeah, they are. I mean, Rebecca Clayfish has gone after Tim Michaels more and more because she senses that her place as the front runner in the field has been really eliminated by Tim Michaels' entry into the race. Yeah. And then you've got Kevin Nicholson, who's in third place right now, attacking the two frontrunners to try to gain an edge. So you have had some, uh, let's just say, back and forth in the Republican field. And Tommy Thompson wrote an article in the Wisconsin State Journal, I believe, telling them to cut it out. But I don't think that's really going to work. And because this is a really competitive and high stakes primary that well, the Republicans are going through and a really expensive one, by the way. Let's too. turn the tables, though. So Republicans want to move the primary so they're not attacking each other. Well, our Democrats that are running to get Ron Johnson's seat, there's eight, nine. Yeah, I can't. Even, I've lost I thought count. there was nine, yeah. nine or so, almost double digits amount of Democrats running to take Ron Johnson's seat. They're not saying this. They, they now Tom Nelson was on my show yesterday. Yeah. Doing a little bit of attacking on Alex Lazary, just using the Bucks, the, this tax money to, to fund the Bucks Stadium as as an example, which is more of a state issue. But um, they're not so much; they're not calling for this, and they're not attacking each other like like the governor candidates and the Republican Party. In Midwestern style, Rick, they are being passive aggressive in how they are attacking each other because Tom Nelson did go after the Bucks Arena deal, but he did not name Alex Lazary specifically. He he laughed when I used the name yesterday. We brought up the deal, <laughs> yeah, but I said, yeah. you know, the Lazary family, and he just started laughing. In addition, Rick, Mandela Barnes is out with his first dad. Mandela Barnes, the lieutenant governor, one of the contenders for the Democratic nomination for Senate. And he said, well, unlike others, I'm not a millionaire. Now he's referring to Lazary and Sarah Godlewski, two of mm-hmm. his competitors. But again, didn't name them. Yeah. So we're at that stage of the race where... Are they taking subtle, under-the-radar, passive-aggressive shots at each other? Yeah, but they're not naming each other. The gloves haven't come off in that race to nearly the extent in the Republican race for governor. Does it make more sense for us to figure out who we like as candidates in a party for a longer period of time to sort out this number of 8, 10 senators that we want to replace as Democrats. I'm just saying we want to replace Ron Johnson or four or five governor candidates in the Republican Party that we want to replace Tony Evers because after the primary, you kind of already, like how many people are kind of already set, I'm going to vote for the Democrat, I'm going to vote for the Republican. I don't, once it's once it's Mandela Barnes, once it's Sarah Gadlewski, once it's Rebecca Clayfish, once it's Tim Michaels, I don't care anymore. I'm just not going to vote for the other guy. Are more people split or is there more people in the middle thinking, mm, Evers or Clayfish? I'm not decided yet, so to speak. I, I think there's a case to be made both ways. So the case for, hey, let's just keep the primary where it is. The case there is that there just aren't many persuadable voters anymore. So the primary election, from that perspective, is the whole ballgame. And and then it really does make sense to have a long, 
campaign for the primary election because if that's just what matters, if if you know people are going to vote for a potted plant if they're a Democrat or a Republican, then it really makes sense to have a long, drawn-out well, primary there's, campaign. There's a lot of quote-unquote no-names in both races. I mean, I'm, no offense, but I didn't know who Tim Michaels was before sure. this. And Until Tim- he- dumped a crazy amount of cash <laughs> right. and is now like every other ad on the TV. Right. And then, uh, you know, all those Senate candidates, I, I, I've, I've brought a bunch of them on. We've done a yeah. bunch of re- uh, interviews on the democratic voice podcast. I get to know him and I, you know, I'm like, I like that one. I like what he said there, what she said there, but you got to get to know him and yep. I, nobody's doing that either. So it seems weird to like what these like almost have to have. And then we don't have ranked choice voting either. So, yeah, yeah. And I know that there's going to be an event coming up, actually, uh, hosted by Leader Ethics in Wisconsin on the final five voting system. And I think I'm going to try to go there. It'd be be interesting to hear kind of I know uh, Steve Doyle is going to be there. We talked about it on the show a couple of weeks. Yeah, ago. Yeah. Yeah. Steve Doyle is going to be there. A Republican state legislator. Slater is going to be there, who is the lead sponsor of this. We, we call it the final five vote. It just confuses. Just call it ranked choice voting. Yeah, I, I would agree. Just call it ranked choice voting, where you can rank your preferences. You know, if you like a third party candidate, but you don't want to waste your vote, so to speak, you are can they, do that. Are they trying to do like a final four thing here? Because that's not how that works either. It's not a playoff. Well, I guess maybe it is kind of a playoff, but it's not really. Anyway, uh, we'll continue this conversation. We got to talk about the, the breastfeeding mom that uh, saved a goose from an eagle attack. Seems very un-American, <laughs> honestly. It's saving, like the, let the eagle eat, mom. But we'll be back. Oh, I know the song. I was like, I just don't recognize the name. Two princes? I don't remember the words. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914. Nobody's, I mean, people are driving around right now, but they're they're going places, they're right? Going it's, pla- it's Memorial Day weekend. I'm going places tomorrow. What's funny, too, is we, we should do, so a lot of these talk shows uh, on TV anyway, they'll go to commercial, but you could see the, the the conversation happening on like a split screen on TV. Oh, yeah, I saw and that sometimes, with Stephen Colbert. Yeah, and on ESPN, sometimes they'll come back to break where the conversation is still, the off-air conversation yeah. is still happening, and then they open the show, and then it officially starts. But this would have been a good one to have <laughs> the conversation continue because we're still arguing about whether or not we should change the primary because I was saying, like, and during the break with UW lacrosse political science professor Dr. Anthony Chagoski, if Clayfish wins the GOP nomination for governor against Evers, nobody's down the middle like, hmm, I don't know. I just like that. I like what that Evers has done. But Clayfish, you know, nobody's there. And so we don't need a long prime. We don't need a long election D versus R. We just need the three months. Because everyone would be decided. But Tim Michaels comes into the race. And is he running a campaign? Honestly, I'm not watching TV with commercials, so I'm not seeing his TV ads. Oh, is he you're, running you're something? You're the lucky one here. <laughs> yeah, right? He's Is he running a campaign? It's not that I like him or dislike him. It's just after a while, yeah, you see him in his pickup truck, and well, it's the same thing that you've seen 40 times. What year pickup truck, though? Old? No, old? that I don't know. I, I bet it's I bet it's a pretty modest pickup truck. Is he truck. holding a shotgun? Anything like that? Well, you you gotta, see some of those ads. You, you know, you can tell that he's dressed in a very deliberate way, so he can be, like, relatable yeah. to the voters. Um, and he's a construction company owner, right? He's Something extremely like that. wealthy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's the... 
And but that's actually part of his pitch that he can self fund his campaign so that he doesn't have to pander to the special interests. Self fund and then doesn't yeah, right. That's the rich people's campaign all the time. Donald yeah. Trump ran on that, right? Like, it's, oh I'm so rich thing. I don't have to take same the money, thing. but then takes all the money. Uh anyway. So but yeah, we we don't so it, it would be I feel like there's there is an avenue here to go down the middle. But okay, what about this though? Now I'm a voter. The primary's coming up. Do I like just say I live in Wisconsin and I'm going to vote for Evers at the end of the do I get to go and vote for Clayfish or Michaels or Rantham or Yeah. So with Wisconsin, you pick which ballot you want to use. Do you want to use the Republican ballot or the Democratic ballot in the primary? In other states, you have to declare, I am a Democrat, and then they'll give you the Democratic Party so, ballot. So when the when I get the ballot, I have to decide whether or not I want to vote for a Democratic Senate person or a Republican governor person, essentially? Well, you got to gotta pick one and go with this party the whole way. So oh, okay. You, so if it's you been were a while to, since I thought about this. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's, it's a system that is confusing because it's, every state does it a little differently. Well, I don't like this because I, maybe I don't like Ron Johnson. But maybe I love Tim Michaels. Well, and and in that case, I want two ballots. In that I, case, give, that like you would be left out because you would have to only vote in the Republican races in the primary election. Right. You can't vote one race Republican, the other race Democratic. That right. would ruin the ballot. Right, but that doesn't make any sense. Like, why are you deciding? You know, um, I I had to vote in a special primary for first congressional district in Minnesota the other day. And I was telling you, I'm like, God, I'm, I'm for comical purposes. This is a, this is a primary. I have the ballot. I can vote for the third party cannabis candidates who aren't who are running unopposed because they make up their own party. I can vote for the Republican and I can vote for the Democrats. It's all on the same ballot. And I was like, I was telling you, I'm like, God, I'm going to I might vote for Jennifer Carnahan here for comical purposes because she's sure. just so anti-establishment and uh, newsworthy more so than the state rep and the retired state rep. Yeah. Uh, but then she got destroyed in oh, the primary. Totally. Totally. Maybe it was the controversy about her wanting to get on survivor that did her in. <laughs> Could have uh, been. That was my favorite part of that expose, that last minute expose that came out on Jennifer Carnahan in the daily beast that she had sent multiple messages to Jeff Probst, the host of survivor survivor, which is like the longest running yeah. TV, like some weird, it's crazy how would, many would years you even want to be on survivor. I, I've I, never even wait. Am I thinking, Oh, I might be thinking the amazing race. One of those is really long. Oh, I, would, I would love to be on the amazing race. Amazing race. I'm yeah. thinking of, but survive. survive. No, I would never you live on like some Island. No. And then they vote people yeah. off and yeah. you, it's all, yeah, nope, I would never want to do that. I don't I can just go to an island yeah. on my own and sit at a resort. And don't have to worry about that whole getting voted off thing. Or eating <laughs> eating, eating bugs, worms and bugs, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so so on in the Minnesota ballot, but, you know, I didn't think about it. Like, uh, there wasn't, there isn't, we'll see. Well, I'll have to go through this eventually because there will be another election for yes. this. And will I get a governor a Democratic uh, ballot for governor and then a or a Republican ballot for governor because in Minnesota. Uh, so it'll be all the same thing. So we'll see what happens there because you probably don't even know how Minnesota works. Well, yeah, you know, it's been a while since I voted in Minnesota. And I think just big picture, Rick, it is the primary elections that are a major source of our problems in politics. 
because the goal in a primary election is often to become like the most extreme, loudest, craziest voice in the room. I have to be the rightest Republican or the leftist Democrat, yeah. right, essentially. But I, I mean, is that happening in the Senate? You know, I think it is to an extent, at least I don't think candidates feel like they will be punished if they go to the extremes. Yeah. Now, I think it's just it's just a matter of reforming primary elections so that you can adjust the incentives of candidates. Because right now the incentives are all to be like the craziest person on the ballot. And that will win votes because, hey, in August, no one's really paying attention aside from the people who are most invested in politics. That's another reason maybe to move the primary out of August, because if you only have a very small number of voters paying attention, they're going to be the most extreme voices. I'm honing in on three years doing this show and then, uh, you know, like probably like five years of being in the studio and paying attention to politics a little bit before that didn't even ever care about anything. Yeah. Like didn't even think about any of that stuff. What would you say the percentage of society that doesn't think about like their County board? It's huge. They're like 90%. I it's mean, huge. and then presidential election comes along and you're like, Oh, okay. I'll vote for one of these idiots, you know, but it's huge. I mean, there was a really good point made about how we have all these like neighborhood councils and community organizations, but how many people as a percentage really participate in those organizations? Well, Not that, many. Yeah. And that's why I have a problem with anything that goes through any form of like a city council, like, yeah. Oh, look, 30 people showed up to, to uh, yell at the city council about this thing that they don't want happening. And I'm just like, well, 30 people, People is not a very good representation of the city. Yeah. And and therefore, you know, it wouldn't be very hard to organize 30 people in a neighborhood to be mad about a thing that's going to benefit the rest of the city. Take like the Copper Rocks uh, project that's going to replace the Kmart in La Crosse. Right. If 20 angry people show up because they're mad about the height of the new buildings, like should they have a veto on how high the buildings can be right we just they're just, just pick, like super mad about it yeah just pick the 20 houses around that building right yeah. like those 20 people that are in view of the bluff that are no longer going to be in view of the bluff do they get to determine you know <laughs> I, I don't know that's just maybe maybe not um but then you know they gotta they gotta show up and be mad but then should the rest of the, the rest of the city isn't gonna show up and be like no actually uh the fourth story of that is going to be a new Starbucks a, a 10 Starbucks and we really want that so no we yeah, got to keep it yeah we're people who are sort of in favor of copper rocks or sort of in favor of the uh the Airbnb at the fish hatchery you know, they're not going to take the time to show up to a council meeting. Well, they probably don't even know. Like, and, oh, yeah. And people count- may not even be aware of the council meeting. I mean, meeting. when I was in college, I mean, I didn't think, hmm, the city, the Stevens Point City Council's <laughs> meeting today. Nobody even thinks about, like, oh, there's, a, I didn't even think about, oh, there is a city council that debates things. I should go look at the agenda. Nobody's looking at any of this stuff. I, I, put a, I know. I, I when. I always when I when I was doing the debates for the mayor of lacrosse, I 
made an emphasis in the UW lacrosse oriented debate that I moderated. I, I made an emphasis of asking the candidates about how they can increase participation among students in city government. But I know that's kind of a losing battle that you're fighting there because getting students to care and getting the city to care about students, both of those are really tough hills to climb. This is where North Korea is just better at it than we are. <laughs> Forced mandatory voting, and if you don't vote, I think maybe, and if you don't vote, even though there's one person on the ballot, if you don't, and one party, they don't even put the person on there, they throw you in the ocean. <laughs> so, I mean, we could throw them in the Great Lakes. We throw them in, uh, throw them in the in the Mississippi River if they don't vote, something like that. I don't know. The marsh? <laughs> <laughs> no, we can't do that. We can't do anything in the marsh. All right, we got to take a break. All right, welcome back to the Crosstalk PM, 608-785-7914, talking text line, UW Lacrosse Political Science Professor Dr. Anthony Chagoski on. We're, we're trying to like sort through, it's a very sensitive topic trying to sort through the massacre in Texas and just and, and talk about that in a way that isn't insensitive, but also like it, like the, the politics of it, right? And, mm-hmm. and just how all of that happens. Um. Should I go to the phones first? Should sure. I do this? Uh, Eric for Sparta's call, been waiting. Eric, you've been waiting on hold uh, over the break. Thanks. Go ahead. You're on with Dr. Tregowski. Maybe it's not Hello. Eric. Oh, it's number three. I'm sorry. Eric had called earlier. Uh, number three. Go ahead. You're on with Dr. Yeah, Tregowski. how are you two educated guys doing tonight? Uh, pretty good. Pretty good. That's good. Uh, I want the people to know that uh, Huska Park... The new highway, the new road is in down there now. Okay. It's all nice, the blacktop, plenty of parking. So if anybody wants to drive down and look at Ten Village, it's all ready to go. Okay, so you want people to go and harass homeless people at Uska Park? Is no, that what no, you're saying? No, not harass them. Look at the new uh, riverfront down there. It's really pretty. They got rock alongside the river and uh, parking spaces and uh, all nice uh, bicycle lanes. It really looks nice. All right. Uh, th- thanks for the call. Um, all right, yeah, there's there's a lot of people in Huska Park camping, homeless people. I, I love I love how that's kind of a joke to people. Like, I, it makes me mad a little bit. Like, those people don't have homes. Hey, go drive by there, and let's make a joke that the park, the area around the park is really nice. Uh, but you're really just making fun at like the city has changed this thing to allow homeless people to stay there. Whether you agree with that or not, that they're homeless, so stop picking on them. The visibility of people who are homeless, it makes the issue take on a different kind of tone. It makes the issue a bit different. One of the reasons I think why this issue gets so much attention is because homelessness is so visible. I mean, people can see it pretty easily. Well, it's very visible when you congregate them in one congregate place. You know, if it was bar. if it was one dude in the parking ramp and you're coming home from the bar and you're walking up the parking ramp steps, there's one dude. And you're like, you know, whatever you feel about that. I, I feel bad about that. But, I, you know, like and then it's like, what do you do? Um, but, yeah, when they're all at Huska Park, here's the thing. The city is 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 affording them a place to go and putting services out there. Also, I. I think we're going to have a story at some point down the road on wisdomnews.com. I think some, I think Sam's working on a story where there's 
kids that go to school in La Crosse that live in Hooska Park. So we have like homeless children and we're delivering meals out there for like just so. So anytime you want to make a joke about like, oh, look at how the city is spruced up the Hooska Park area. Uh, why don't you go down there? Well, don't go down there if you're if you feel like it's it, you, you want to like put on display the 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 like museum display of homeless people. That's that's not cool. But I think that gets to the variety of reasons why people are homeless. Right? It's not all because of one reason. It's a complicated issue as we've talked about. There are children who are homeless through absolutely no fault of their own. There are people who are survivors of domestic abuse. There are people who are suffering from addiction. So many reasons why people might be down there at Huska Park. It's it's hard to paint it with a single brush, if you will. Yeah, definitely. And and to, to put them on display, to make jokes about it is, is something that I'm not cool with, so so quit doing it. 608-785-7914 is the talking text line. Um, the uh, well, I'll just Kent's calling in. He might want to talk about this too. Kent, go ahead. You're on the air. Hey, I want to wish uh, Doctor A there uh, congratulations on his daughter. Thank you, Kent. Hey, I was I thought you were going to name her Kentrina. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. Uh, can she be deputy mayor of the North Side? She can be the yep the first daughter of the north side. <laughs> what, what are the age requirements to be deputy mayor? Though I feel There's, like nothing. There's no age requirement whatsoever, brother. Physical. But, yeah, I just I just I just wanted to touch base with Huska Park too. You guys are right. There's veterans down there. There's homeless. You know, but there's got to be a solution to this. You can't just let people live in the park. Yep, for sure. I mean, and that and that's kind of I don't absolutely. I don't want to pick on number three too much because I mean that's kind of what he's saying is like yep. this this thing that's the city's a park and there's a dog park that has been moved right. I think a yep. lot of people liked using that dog park yep. right there. I, I even have gone down there before, and now it's way on the north side, kind of hidden in the corner. It's kind of not like the greatest place. Mm-hmm. Maybe, I guess, because Alaska already has one. And it's not even that far from that dog park. But uh, I get that's kind of where number three is going. I want to pick on him, and, and Kent's right. But um, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, we've got a summer to figure it out. Yep. And, and and then after that, we can we can talk to the city about, like, all right, well, you had all summer, and also you had all winter. And obviously some of this stuff has been taken from the city, and other of this stuff has just fallen through the cracks almost literally because of the cracks of – the Maple Grove Motel, right? Yeah. But they had a plan uh, to use the Chamber of Commerce building, and somebody swooped up and bought the building out from under the city and the county. So, I mean, part of that is is it, that's kind of weird too. It's it's been a series of events that highlight how difficult this issue is, and just how messy things have gotten. Like you said, Rick, there was the Chamber of Commerce building, then the Maple Grove Hotel, then the contract with the Conalodge expired. Now we're back at Huska Park. It's just a really unfortunate situation. Yeah, and the city is trying to like temporarily do things, and whether you know, and maybe maybe you don't agree with that at all. Maybe have them go because what happens when Governor Evers was at the YWC? I brought this up multiple times because. Uh, you know, hey, you're giving a million dollars to the YWCA to help with the homeless situation. We've made a, bit of a big news conference out of it. The governor is here, you know, look at what we're doing to help the homeless. And then that gets around. And then, therefore, other homeless people in surrounding areas. And is that right or not? Because, okay, well, they're in surrounding communities that don't have the million dollars from the state to help with the homeless situation. So they congregate to lacrosse. 
but lacrosse has now become a hub for the homeless. And is that right? Is that good or bad? Because I feel like part of that is a good thing because, hey, we have the resources to help you. If you're out in, I'm just going to say, Trempolo, no offense to Trempolo. I have no idea how they're helping the homeless, but maybe somebody is homeless in Trempolo, has no resources from the, the, the city or township there. Uh, so they're like, oh, you got, there's, I can get electricity, water, uh, meals, uh, help from these organizations. They're all at the Huska Park, and I just need to get down there and, and do that. Well, then that's that's a good thing. Uh, uh, th- Rick, this is where like the political scientist and the geeky researcher in me says we've got to rely on evidence. What you're saying is absolutely plausible, and we need well-done research and well-crafted statistics to show if, in fact, the amount of resources or the situation here is drawing more people in is possible and we need to rely on evidence and i hope that that kind of evidence is being collected i assume it is yeah either it's drawing more people in or there are more homeless people right. but right uh the the first one isn't all that bad i don't think at least now we we were like oh okay well these people are here now because they can see that they're getting healthier in one way or the other um, the other one would be worse because that just means the city is have, has more homeless people, right? Like if the numbers have increased over the past winter and now there's more people down at Huska. But I'm, I'm guessing it's probably a little both. Yeah, just got to get the right data. All right. We got a caller calling in. You've, you've called on every line now. Who is this? Dan. Hey, Dan, you're on the air. Go ahead. Yeah, about the homeless. I'm all about ideas and solutions, and I think outside of the box, which nobody else knows how to do. So I wrote, I emailed Cooley Cap, and I did talk to one of the employees there, shared my idea, and they said it's very expensive putting homeless up in these hotel rooms night after night. So my idea is solution that uh, getting about a 200-acre farm and then building multiple pole sheds on there, well insulated, and then whatever type of RV uh, pop-up trailer a person could live in, and then uh, that would provide uh, little kitchenettes and so forth, you know, a little. And then uh, they could do gardening, and then people could invest in this uh, homeless issue, and they could get uh, food produce from this and people would learn organic skills and how to work together working on their social skills and such and feeling good about producing a crop and canning and things like that raising uh animals and in combining piggybacking with uh uh the humane society where dogs and cats don't have to be euthanized they could live there and then the alcoholics that don't want to work but drink, if they go out and pick up a, a can full of dog poop, they get a credit so they can go to the little tab down there and drink as much beer as they want and fall down drunk. For- All right. He uh, lost me there. I don't, we've just made it an Amish community there. He went off the rails at the end there, but we've just kind of made it a like a like – a, or not even an Amish community. What is the show where they just live on the – isn't it literally called Prairie? Something Prairie, Little House on the Prairie. We've yeah, just yeah. we've just put the hom- homeless people at Little House on the Prairie. You know what? Like I love gardening and 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 stuff like that. Sometimes I lo- like I have plants. I I have a little garden. Not a lot of people want to do that all day. No. <laughs> so so that hey go go work on the farm and and uh, like in in theory great but like 
95% of those people don't want to work on a farm and, and maybe possibly physically can't. Hey, creative, creative ideas. It, it's not, it's not a bad start. Anyway, we got to take a break because I just want to reset. I didn't even know we were going to talk about the homeless issue today. <laughs> All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. Wisdom, 5 p.m. weekday is the only station that plays Buster Rhymes yeah. on AM radio. Yeah. <laughs> and goodbye, Buster. All right, so we, we teased the story and almost almost derailed the show with homeless talk uh, because we, we teased the story. And you'll have to – now, this isn't about your wife, is it? She's, uh, you have a month-old no, newborn, a no. breastfeeding mother rescues pet goose. Oh, it was a pet goose. Pet goose. From an eagle attack. This, this So, you know, did this happen? This in, is in Canada. This is in Canada. Okay. Whoa. Yeah. Wait a minute. This is now, now it's okay, I think. <laughs> if it was in America, I'd be like, hey, eagle gets what eagle wants. Let the eagle have the goose. This is a Canadian story. I feel like in Canada, the goose is over the eagle, like goose, then eagles. <laughs> That's probably true. Cause, right? Because the geese flock to Canada in the summer. Right now, it's prime geese time. Well, and, and they're apparently keeping geese as pets, if you believe this story. Yeah. No, okay, so there's no video of this. There is. There is oh, video there of this. Is, right? Oh, I got to hit the link. So I yes. was reading the story. I didn't hit the link. Oh, you screenshot that. Oh, here's the link. The woman actually, the woman involved actually shared a video of her breast while breastfeeding. Oh, a baby. wait! You almost oh. you oh she shared a video of her breast. Is that what you just? Said? <laughs> well, everybody's it, flocking to the internet yeah. right now, like here, like geese. Here's the deal: she was breastfeeding. Yeah, and heard her pet goose. Making a strange noise. The pet goose is named Frankie. And Frankie was screaming, according to People Magazine. Uh, the women involved, Kate Oakley, said that the goose just sounded different. So I went to the front door in the middle of feeding our babe. Sure, presuming that refers to her infant. It's Canadian for baby. For babe, yes. It's, it's got to translate from Canadian to American. Yeah. Uh, as soon as I opened the door, she said, the eagle just swooped right down and was grabbing the goose. Well, you got to do it. How do you do this? As soon as I open the, I can't do a Canadian accent. I got to oh, hear it. As soon as I open as the door, as, yeah, <laughs> as soon as I open the door, the eagle just swooped down right then. That was the only thing in my head. Just like, drop it. I don't know. I went, I went Irish there at the end. I don't know. And after seeing the eagle dive toward her pet, the woman... Who was partially dressed and holding her baby? She, yeah, I see. Now it's like a it's like a ring, a, a, like a doorbell cam, or a, yep. maybe just a, a, a security camera outside. Because uh, I was I was trying to imagine how somebody would be breastfeeding their baby, taking cell phone video, and chasing an eagle carrying a goose off into the distance. <laughs> how that would work, you know? Like, um, but yeah, no, this is a an interesting video. The, Pretty interesting. The goose is safe. The pet goose is doing well following the attack. <laughs> The pet goose is described as super sassy, and the pet goose also gets dressed up. Every goose is super sassy, right? <laughs> like know. every goose I've ever encountered is really ma- like, arr, arr, arr. and then some of them chase you, and you're like, ah, you run away. Have you ever been chased by a goose? Unbelievable. I, 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 apparently, something odd is going on there in Canada, where 
having pet geese is a thing. Like, I want to know, is this a common thing for Canadians to do? Because if so, we might just have to invade and impose our values on them. Breastfeed babies. Uh, breastfeed babies. Yeah. Is that is that what you're asking? Oh, the like, having, having pet having geese? Pet goose. Oh, I thought yeah. maybe, it, is it weird that Canadians are breastfeeding? Or is it weird that Americans... Or that, or that they're breastfeeding while defending their animals from eagles. I mean, I mean, at what point... I mean, you have you have cats, right? Sure. You know, if an eagle is swooping down... Oh, and, my, and my, who my likes wife. cats more, you or Brianna? Brianna, for sure. All right, Brianna's got the baby, an eagle swooping down. She would go Would she throw off. the baby at you? Like, Anthony, she catch! She and might. you got to catch your one-month-old. I don't she know. Might. One month seems pretty, pretty small to be throwing... Because yeah. you watch those videos of dads, they're throwing their kids up in the air, but that's like a four-year-old. So. Do, do a little football lateral. <laughs> so at this point, um, maybe keep the keep the the cats in the house because you can't be, you yeah. can't be chasing down chasing eagle eagles. Comes and by. also, it's going to be viewed a little bit differently when you don't let your eagle eat in America. I'm just yeah. going to re- reiterate that Unpatriotic. Again. Unpatriotic. I had something else I want to talk about, but now we only have a minute. But um, uh, one minute, arming teachers... No, no. <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it. Um, all right. So the, that's going to wrap it up for today. I th- thanks again, Trigoski, for. Uh, should I, should, I should probably thank Brianna for letting you out of the for house. Letting me out of the house Th- for a little bit. Thank you, Brianna, for letting Anthony come out of the house for one and a half hours. Yep. You have to go straight back. You getting? Yep. You're going to stop and grab a grab. Yep, I will. Maybe get her what an ice cream cone or something. Oh yeah, she's been craving ice cream. And she because she, she can eat lots of foods now that she could not eat during her pregnancy. Yeah, definitely. And then you, but you're the beneficiary of that. Oh, big time! We kind of did a whole show because <laughs> yesterday at Target, I picked up a Ben and Jerry's, and I'm like, well, well, when in Rome, might as well grab one you, for me too. Yeah, you two for one or two for two. Yeah, but you're just gonna get your own. Um, all right, ha- everybody have a happy, I guess, a happy and safe Memorial Day weekend. Yeah. Thanks, uh, thanks for listening.